Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Friday. Welcome into this special Locked On crossover podcast episode between the Locked On Blue Devils podcast and the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm Dalton Pence, host of Locked On Louisville. That's J.J. Jackson, host of Locked On Blue Devils. This crossover podcast episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account. Use the code Locked On College for $20 off of your first purchase. Well, the matchup between Duke and Louisville, 3.30 kickoff Eastern time on Saturday um, at LNN Cardinal Stadium. Both teams ranked heading into this matchup. Um, we're essentially going to break it down into three segments. Uh, JJ is going to ask about the Louisville Cardinals in the first segment. Uh, we will then flip the script for the second. And then the final, we'll sort of tie it back in together and uh, talk about what's at stake, etc. So, JJ, the floor is all yours, my man. Yeah, excited to see this game come together, Dalton. Here we are, a top 20 matchup between Duke and Louisville. I mean, if we started to think about these matchups that we've seen on the basketball floor, we'd likely forget some of the games that we've seen with both of these teams in the top 20. It's happened so frequently in basketball. Kind of crazy that here we are in football uh, with the top 20 matchup. So let's get right to it. Let's scout those Cardinals for the Duke fans that may be listening a new head coach in Louisville, Jeff Brom, in his first season. Seems as though from the outside looking in, you've got to be pretty pleased with how the season has played out so far. If we pulse check kind of the Jeff Brom era so far, is everyone still satisfied with that hire, Dalton? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think everyone's still over the moon. Now, granted, Louisville losing to Pittsburgh kind of uh, soured things for the time being, especially heading into a bye week. So that's the last uh, memory of the team. Uh, that we've had to kind of, um, you know, fester on. So, um, but overall, I mean, beating Notre Dame, starting out six and zero, it's really hard to argue with the six and one start. Um, the beginning of the Jeff Brom era has gone probably better than expected. I, I think if you would ask most people, they probably would have said Louisville would probably have maybe two losses at this point in the season. But regardless, still an opportunity to win ten regular season games, which uh, sort of got tossed around as the as not necessarily the benchmark, but the hopeful point at the end of the season. So, so far, so good at this point, but um, tough matchup to start the second half of the season nonetheless. Yeah, six wins to open up the season for the Cardinals before losing their last game. And, of course, coming into this one off of a bye. Interesting note for both of these teams, both Duke and Louisville. The last time we saw them on a football field, they were on the losing end of things. Let's look at the Cardinals, though. Those first six games – all end on the winning side of things when the clock finally hits zero there. What was the biggest reason for that? On the field, what was the biggest reason why Louisville was able to start off so strong? At the end of the day, it's resiliency, Um, something that this team just hasn't had or didn't have under Scott Satterfield. Um, No disrespect to the players in that regime or anything else, but um, the main denominator was that this team or the program, I should say, over the past four years just struggled to finish games and come out on, come out on the winning side of things. It was just uh, the same old thing as we were just a couple plays away from winning games, and the Louisville fans got tired of that. Um, so even to see some performances that you could look at and say, well, they weren't the prettiest, 
But I'll tell you, when adversity struck, Jeff Prom's team rose the occasion and they won the football game. So, um, you know, an ugly win is just that. It's a win. So um, definitely a breath of fresh air for Louisville. Wasn't always pretty at times, but the silver lining, if there is one, is that when adversity has struck, more often than not, the Cardinals come out victorious outside of one. No doubt about that. I mean, as we said the last time we saw Louisville on the field, it was a loss for the Cardinals as they uh, lost a tough one there to NC State, a team that Duke has already seen this season. What in particular about that game didn't go Louisville's way? Why ultimately did they lose that one, Dalton? Are you t- you're talking about the Pittsburgh game? Yeah, Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. So it really reminds me of I, I keep referring to it as Clemson Duke. Um, you know, Clemson outgained Duke. Um, you know, they were able to move the ball down the field, but when it mattered, Duke rose the occasion and, and forced turnovers. And it wasn't necessarily to that extreme to where they were fumbling, you know, inside the five yard line, but Louisville turned the ball over three times inside of Pittsburgh's 30. And um, they came at crucial points on the game. Louisville j- had just lost the lead, and Jack Plummer throws a pick six. Pittsburgh goes up by 10, and it just seems like the the wheels on the bus fell off at that point. So um, just a lack of execution. Jawar Jordan went – or not went down. He got hurt in pregame warm-ups, uh, had a lineman go down in pregame warm-ups. And, you know, outside of the fact that it was absolutely a torrential downpour, it seems like everything just kind of came together to um, really – um, just hurt Louisville in, in the in in the game it's in its entirety. So it is what it is, but um, got to be able to take care of the football, something that Louisville's got to do better at, especially moving forward. One of the last times we saw these two teams play a primetime game on ESPN, of course, was that thir- uh, Thursday night game just a few seasons ago. Louisville scores over 60 on Duke and just absolutely boat races the Blue Devils. That was a team that featured Malik Cunningham and some absolute superstars on the field for the Cardinals. A couple of players still remain on the roster for both of these teams from the last time that game was played. But you just mentioned a name right there, Dalton, that we've been hearing a lot about. Jawar Jordan out of the backfield, an absolutely dynamic playmaker for the Cardinals. Along with him included, who are those superstars on the offensive side of the ball that Duke fans need to be aware of? Yeah, you named one, specifically Jawar Jordan. Um, We've seen that he goes from... Zero to 100 really, really quickly. Um, Absolutely phenomenal with the ball in his hands. If you let him through the line of scrimmage, I mean, he has that second-level speed that not many players across the country have, and we saw it against um, Notre Dame. We've seen it against multiple teams, almost all but NC State, Um, and obviously Pittsburgh not playing much. The other is Jamari Thrash, a wide receiver transfer from Georgia State, has been a guy that not really one defense has been able to check thus far. Um, you know, he wins a ton of one-on-one opportunities, does a good job of just finding the space in the defense and, and sort of being able to kind of create uh, upon the end of the route to get open. So um, a lot of times when the ball's thrown his way, most of the times it ends up in a catch. Uh, he's a very, very uh, solid, reliable receiver with great hands, uh, great route tree, and uh, just the ability to create separation. What about from the defensive unit? Who are the names we need to be aware of? So one thing that I think Louisville prides themselves in this year is that I think there's not many that you can look at and point to one name outside of Ashton Gelati. Gelati is one of the best pass rushers in the ACC, uh, top five in sacks in the conference. Um, I believe he's got six and a half on the season um, heading into the bye week. 
uh, just very, very solid. We wondered how well he was going to do being the focus on the defensive side without Yaya Diaby and Yasir Abdul, and he's answered the answered the call and um, has started to turn those quarterback pressure numbers into sacks over the past couple of weeks. So uh, he's going to be the main guy to focus on uh, for this little defense, but really it's, it's just an extremely balanced attack. Again, Saturday, big-time game, 3.30 Eastern, Duke and Louisville from the state of Kentucky. It's going to be a fun one that you can watch there on ESPN. we got to scout the Blue Devils a little bit on this Locked On crossover. We'll take a quick timeout, and then on the other side, we'll hear from Dalton Pence. He'll ask me a little bit about those Duke Blue Devils here on this Locked On crossover. Our show here today is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing Company, one of our favorites here. When you talk about whether you're looking to cut out alcohol from your life or just for a night, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be at your best to enjoy a great non-alcoholic beer. This is award-winning, great tasting, with over 15,000-plus five-star reviews. It's a non-alcoholic beverage that doesn't leave you with any hangovers whatsoever. Athletic Brewing Company is available. You can find it online or at stores near you. We encourage you to go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and enter code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order or find a store near you. Again, Athletic Brewing, Milford, Connecticut, San Diego, California, near beer. Athletic Brewing Company is a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Show here today also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. We're talking a lot about Game Time these days. When you're looking for the best last-minute ticket deals, Game Time needs to be something that you bring into your life. The only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They've got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find the last-minute seats, find exclusive flash deals, and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, and so much more. Go ahead and download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Moving forward here on this Locked On crossover, it's Locked On Blue Devils. I'm the host, J.J. Jackson. Locked On Louisville as well, the host, Dalton Pence, and we're getting you set for Saturday's game. Uh, This is a Friday episode, so coming your way tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, should be a whole lot of fun. Let's scout those Blue Devils. So, Dalton, I turn it back over to you. What do the Louisville fans need to know? What do they want to know about the Stuke football team? Well, I'll be honest, JJ, uh, coming into the season, I have tried to tell people throughout the offseason that, hey, this isn't the Duke team that you're used to or you're used to seeing that you're going to see here in the next couple months. Mike Elgo has proven to be the real deal in Durham last season. You can holler about strength of schedule all you want. Duke still won nine games. I felt like returning the amount of starters that they did, it was going to be a pretty fruitful season. And we've seen them go toe to toe with some good teams this year. Um, you know, if it wasn't for a rough fourth and 16, you probably end up beating Notre Dame, right? Um, and granted, you were in that matchup against Florida State, and Riley Leonard has to re aggravate that ankle injury. Um, so, main thing is for this, JJ, how has the start of this season sort of aligned with your? preconceived perception of this 2023 team coming into the year? 
In so many ways, way better than I think I, I would have thought, and certainly Duke fans alike. You mentioned what Duke was able to do last season with those nine wins, what we talked about throughout the entire offseason. And I think, Dalton, if you were to think about this Duke football team going into the season, first and foremost, you would have thought about the quarterback. You would have thought about the offense with what we knew Riley Leonard to be. Not as much thought and focus would have been on the defense, who was losing a good bit of players from last season, has a brand-new defensive coordinator coming in. And, yes, I know that that is Mike Elko's specialty, is the defensive side of the football. It just goes to show how talented this Duke offense was, that that would have been the sole focus in those offseason conversations going into the year. The story of Duke football, however, has been their ability to dominate defensively through their first five games of the season, four of their opponents that they played only scored seven points in that ball game, including a Labor Day opening season win against Clemson. You mentioned the game against Notre Dame where Duke only gives up 21. So I think the biggest surprise about this Duke football team this season has been what they've had on the defensive side of the ball, just because I think when you were going into the year, there was so much hype, and rightfully so, on this Duke offense, not as much time focused on the defense. Speaking of that offense, the main storyline and why it's kind of been hard to prepare for this matchup, um, seemingly for both of these shows, is the status of Riley Leonard. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, JJ, obviously this is being released on a Friday, being recorded before that, but as of Wednesday evening, uh, late Wednesday, it seems like the 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 status is still quote-unquote day-to-day with Leonard. Now, personally, I feel like he's going to play. I don't think he will be 100%, but you best believe Mike Elgo is not going to let that information out until right before game time on which way Duke is going to go. My question is, number one, do you think he plays? And if so, give me a percentage of how healthy you think he's going to be because that's a very tricky injury to have to deal with and then re-aggravate. And how does this change the identity of this team with, a, you know, I guess, immobilized Riley Leonard, you know, strictly sort of having to be a pocket passer, you would think. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I, I do think ultimately Riley Leonard does play in this game. Uh, the last few weeks when we've been talking a lot about his injury, Mike Elko, not for a single second, has changed the diagnosis of his quarterback. The message has been day-to-day every single time he's given an update. So I do not expect that to change at all. I think when we wake up Saturday morning, the status is still going to be day-to-day with what his uh, playing availability will be. But ultimately, when the ball is kicked up into the air and Duke's offense runs out onto the field for the first time, I think it's going to be number 13. I think it's going to be Riley Leonard that takes the first snap under center for this Duke team. We mentioned how dynamic of a player he was a season ago for Duke and what he can be this year for the Blue Devils with his ability to throw the football. But in so many ways, the story has been Duke's rushing attack a backfield by committee that's able to run the ball so effectively. So if he's not even at 100%, truthfully, I don't think that changes the offensive makeup so much. We saw it a little bit in the NC State game where Leonard did not play whatsoever. Definitely saw it last week against Florida State. Duke wants to run the football. Leonard is capable of running it himself. Granted, I don't know how effective he's going to be coming off of this injury, but I do think you're going to see a healthy dose, a heavy dose, of running for the Stuke offense. If the nod has to theoretically go to uh, Henry, is it Beelan? Is that how you pronounce his last name? Henry Beelan, the fourth. If it has to go to him, obviously 
you win that game against NC State. He didn't really have to do much. I mean, completed four passes. Granted, those two of them were for touchdowns. Um, you still won quite handedly. Do you think that there's more of an emphasis on running the football if Henry were to have to start um, versus maybe having a, a Riley Leonard at, say, 65 70%? 100%. Yeah, I think there will be more of an emphasis to run the football. Henry Bielen, a dual-threat quarterback coming out of high school from the state of New York. We don't see many New York football players make their way down to Durham to play for this Duke team. And, and he's been a really fun player to watch. Young in his career uh, has not been asked to throw the ball that much this season. As you mentioned, he's got those 12 attempts in the NC State game. Only four of them went for completions. In fact, his first pass attempt in that game in replacing Riley Leonard was an interception. He was able to overcome that and lead Duke to that 21-3 to victory. Earlier in the year, against Lafayette and some backup duty. He went eight for eight throwing the football. So seems to be a capable passer. I just don't know that that's what Duke wants to have to rely on if he were to be the guy to take the snaps under center. You feel good about what you have out of Jordan Waters. He's already got nine touchdowns on the ground this season. So I I think Duke wants to run the football. I think that's going to be offensive coordinator Kevin John's game plan. You mentioned the, the story of the year has been the defense. It's extremely balanced. There's 11 players with over 20 tackles and a couple players just outside of that threshold. I've watched a couple Duke games because one thing about me is I like to try to get to know the opposition, and I really can't do that unless I watch full games. One player that is consistently jumped off the page to me is Trey Freeman, uh, the linebacker who currently leads Duke with 56 tackles, um, You know, a guy that has developed over the past couple of seasons and is obviously having a career year. Um, outside of him, uh, first talk about what he's meant to this team this year, but who else on that defensive side of the ball should the Louisville fans um, get acquainted with before this matchup? Yeah, he's had a lot of big shoes to fill in his time there in Durham. Shaka Hayward was a longtime linebacker for Duke that did pretty much everything for their defensive unit. So for Trey Freeman to have as big of a year as he's having has been really awesome to watch for the Duke team. I, I think of a lot of the reason that he's been so successful is because of Duke's Uh, defensive line. They've got so many bodies and starting at the top and Jamie on Franklin, a former Notre Dame transfer, and then three-time captain Dwayne Carter, who does everything possible to just clog up space and eat bodies there, eat double teams on that defensive front. He's able to make Trey Freeman look outstanding. And then when you look at the secondary for the soup team, that's a lot of new faces on the back end who have been Um, tested not as much as you would think for the Stuke football team, but when they have been tested, they've responded. When you're talking about Miles Jones, you're talking about Ablades Jr. on the opposite side, really impressed with what the secondary has been able to do for Duke. So there are a couple of names to be on the lookout for on the defensive side. Definitely um, a team that is not – like the other teams that this program has had. And that's no disrespect to Duke, but I feel like what Mike Elko, the ceiling that he can reach is something that, you know, we saw maybe glimpses of what it could be like um, under Cutliffe, but like, I feel like it could go a lot higher with Mike Elko. Um, Mainly for me. And what I try to tell Louisville fans is I think we get caught up in the perception of a team from years past, um, I want to know based upon the home atmosphere, this is a completely different um, type of question that has no uh, rendering on this game whatsoever. What, How has the home atmosphere changed 
in Durham? Because I remember a couple years ago, that Thursday night matchup, there was literally no one there. Yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, definitely been a basketball university. Basketball uh, runs what happens in Durham 365 days of the year, and that is still the case. However, there's more emphasis on football as well. People are realizing that you can support more than one athletic <laughs> program there at Duke. And so it's been really awesome to see them turn out the way that they have. You talk about that Clemson game being on a Monday night to open up the season when you just won nine games a season ago on Labor Day. Amazing atmosphere there. Duke starts off the year unbeaten and all of a sudden on September 30th, 2023, for the first time ever, college game day made their way to Durham for something other than basketball. Her <laughs> Curb Street and his crew were able to make an appearance there in Durham and everybody showed out. So again, while the capacity is not the largest that you'll see in the sport, and I don't see that changing anytime soon, it is a really fun atmosphere the way it's been rocking this season. And uh, hopefully that continues in the weeks to come. Mm -hmm. But to your point, this game's not being played in Durham. And uh, for one of just a few times already this season, Duke's going to have to go on the road and see how they respond to that uh, tough crowd. That is true. And we're going to talk about what's at stake in final predictions here in the final segment of the show. We'll do that, but not until we tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's literally you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including professionals, sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types, that's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app it's the most fun that i've had i've won up to 10 times my money this football season you select two or more players pick more or less than their projected stats and just place your entry uh, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 once again prizepicks.com slash locked on college using the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Heading on into the final segment of this um, Locked On Crossover Podcast episode. I'm Dalton Pence, host of Locked On Louisville. That's JJ Jackson, host of Locked On Blue Devils. JJ, heading into this contest, what's at stake briefly for Duke in this matchup on the road against a top 25 team. Yeah, I think the conversation for you and I here, just to kind of let people know where we're at at this point in the season, you mentioned seven games uh, being played for both of these teams. Duke at a 5-2 and two record, Louisville at 6-1. and one. It's jockeying within the ACC positioning, right? You're looking at mm -hmm. that standings. You're looking at the leaderboard. Only Florida State is the lone unbeaten team in this conference. And then you see several teams – right behind with just one game, one loss 
to their record so far this season. So for both teams, the fact that you're playing one another, when you can look across the field and see someone who's got one loss in the ACC and who you need to be in front of when it comes to finding out who will be playing in Charlotte for the ACC championship, I think that's the biggest thing at stake right now for both of these teams is just where we sit within the ACC standings right now. I would definitely agree that I think a little bit, I, I don't know if this is the case for Duke, but for Louisville, I feel like um, the air has sort of been let out of the balloon a little bit, starting out 6-0. and And, um, you know, there is, you know, talk among the national perception as to whether or not Louisville's good or not. And I think that this is a, also a sort of get-right game that they can really sort of turn around hey, yeah, we're legit. Look, <laughs> we just beat Duke, top 25 team, um, obviously, theoretically. JJ, best time of the episode coming up prediction time give me your prediction but also tell me duke is either going to win slash lose this game because blank yeah absolutely i think when we look at this and obviously we love all of our friends uh, within the locked on network especially those uh, there in vegas especially our friends over at FanDuel. you kind of look at this one and see louisville favored by about four points and i think that's fair i think when you look at this football game In particular, I am just a little bit concerned about the status of Riley Leonard. I do think, as you asked earlier, that ultimately we're going to see number 13 play for Duke. However, I don't think Leonard is at his absolute best. If I were to give a prediction here, which I will, I think Louisville wins this football game by a 24-20 type score when you look at this one, 21-17 potentially. I do think it's right there. Uh, where the odds makers have it. I just, again, am a little bit too concerned about the injury. I don't know that we've seen enough out of Henry Bielan to be able to step up if he were needed. And I do think Duke's going to have to make some big plays on offense if they want to win. If Duke wins this game, it's because they've gotten a couple of big plays through the air. You're giving Duke a couple of big plays in their run game because that's what they've done this entire season. However, if Duke were to pull off a win like this, I think they've got to be able to get something through the year. So I'll take Louisville 24-20 in this one, Dalton. I think it's, like you said, it's so close because I feel like these two teams, they play to their strengths and something's got to give. (laughs) You know, Louisville's offense, it's – I won't necessarily say it's prolific because we're only seven games in, but it – I think it's it's exceptional. Now, you asked the difference between those two adjectives. I'm not sure that I could tell you, but um, I, I think that it's on the cusp of being great. There's just been a couple performances that's kind of held them back. Um, I do think that the status of Riley Leonard plays a large factor in this. Uh, Duke likes to run the football. Louisville uh, is pretty solid at defending the run. They're averaging or giving up about 97 yards on the ground per game, which is top 15 in the country. Um, so if this turns into a battle to where, you know, the quarterback play for Duke is not reliable, well, then what are we looking at here in terms of how Louisville's defense is going to play? I said this on the Locked on Louisville episode on Wednesday that even if Leonard doesn't play, Duke is going to be in this game. Their defense is too good for them not to be in this game. And uh, that's kind of what scares me is that I feel like we might not even see that good of an offensive performance, but the defense may be – that good to the point to where you're like, man, it's going to be such a sloppy game. I think it's close. I think Louisville wins. Um, I personally would go, let's go 24-21. 
I, I think that the spread, people who bet the spread are going to be sweating on this one, uh, depending on which way it goes. Um, I, I think Louisville wins this game. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, with a potentially healthy Jawar Jordan, with Jamari Thrashback, um, you know, the team being at home, it's been a pretty solid atmosphere at home. Jack Plummer has played completely different at home. So two weeks to be able to prepare for this. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I could easily say the other way if Leonard were healthy, but I think that that's my my key here for, for this one. So final thoughts is that it's based upon the health of Leonard. Um, also retaining the football, not turning it over. I, I could definitely see whoever wins the turnover battle in this one could end up being victorious. JJ, what are your final thoughts on this matchup? Just excited to see it play out, man. Like we said, we've seen way too many top 20 matchups over the years in men's basketball between these two schools. Mm -hmm. And now we get to treat ourselves to one of these matchups on the gridiron, to football. And uh, just really excited to see both of these teams with a lot left to play for this season. Really fired up that seven, eight weeks into the season. They're both right there in the hunt for an ACC title this year. Those hopes very much still alive. So can't wait to see it all unfold on Saturday. That is a 3.30 kickoff at LNN Stadium in the Ville. Um, doesn't get much better than this. You can uh, diss the ACC all you want, but we're right here. It's going to turn into be a solid matchup. Two programs trying to get to that next level going against each other. I'm Dalton Pence, host of Locked on Global. That's J.J. Jackson, host of Locked on Blue Devils. Both of these podcasts cover your respective teams five days a week, your team every day.